Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by my fellow co-host, Rosemary Orchard. This is where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rosemary Orchard. How are you today? Oh, I'm good, David. Uh, today's topic is near and dear to our hearts, so much so that we've actually kind of covered this once before. Um, but yeah, there, there's some there's some changes that have happened. And uh, I think it's a good idea to go back and revisit these things. Yeah, I mean, today's show is about scheduling and time blocking. Um, this is something ripe with automation tools. And the tools have changed since the first time we covered this. Uh, it was show number one, believe it or not, about three years ago as we record this. So that's kind of fun. Uh, let's go back and talk about scheduling and time blocking. If we get time, we're going to um, see where this time blocking stuff also spills over into maybe time tracking and some other time-related automation. But but the, I think the starting point is just the idea of time blocking. I, I call it hyper-scheduling at Max, Max Barkey, but time blocking works just as well. The idea of it is that you take your most important tasks and you put them on your calendar, you know, rather than just having a task list and things like your dentist appointment on your calendar, you actually put on there things like, you know, write code or write a contract or make a podcast. And you put stuff on there that is, um, well, I guess that last example wasn't a very good one because it involves <laughs> other people, but you put stuff on there that you need to do, like making an appointment with yourself. And yeah. It's a very powerful tool if you're having trouble making time for the most important things in your life. It's not just making time for the most important things in your life. It's being aware that certain things can only happen at certain times. Like today, I had to drop some parcels off at the post office. Okay, well, the post office is open. It's actually got fairly reasonable hours. Um, I also, though, had to go to the bank, which is past the post office. So it made sense to do the post office errand on the way to the bank. But the bank, thanks to a certain pandemic and a variety of other factors, has the curse of limited opening hours. And sure. they close for lunch. So I'm there going, okay, I, I have a choice here. I can take an early lunch or a late lunch um, and go and do this errand. And so I figured it all out. I found the overlapping opening times um, and when I didn't have any meetings. And it's like, okay, there's a perfect slot here in my calendar where I can go and do this and I won't be rushed. That means it has to go on my calendar there. Because theoretically, these are just tasks, like return parcels to the post office or drop parcels off of the post office um, and go to the bank. Um, but, you know, they're they're very specifically time limited. And, you know, it, it starts with, OK, well, I'll put that on my calendar because I need to do that then. And then it kind of spills out in other ways. And I've also found time blocking for me also happens to be a great productivity tool, not necessarily because I end up blocking everything on my calendar, but because it forces me to review things and see what I can realistically do in a day. Because you and I both know we love to do things and say that we can do anything, but there's 24 hours in a day and hopefully we're spending eight hours of those sleep. So that doesn't leave us with 24 hours anymore. Yeah. I mean, the rubber really meets the road when you start putting realistic time blocks on your calendar and you realize that it's tough to make time for additional work and and you go into the day with a more realistic view. I think it also can help uh, strike behavior change. Um, Quite often uh, in the evenings, I'll watch uh, YouTube videos about things to help me, like things I'm interested in, or read books about ways to, you know, get better at being a human. And the problem is I, I consume that content in the evenings, but I don't really do anything with it. I've been really working hard on kind of building out what I call the Sparky OS, you know, my own operating system. Mm -hmm. And part of that is taking the highlights that I collect in Readwise and the notes I collect on these videos and books and 
codifying them to me personally somehow. And I just don't have the energy to do that at night. While I can consume, I can't really create in the evenings. So just yesterday, we record this on a Monday this week. Sunday is when I do my weekly scheduling. I have added our blocks several times throughout the week, usually in the middle of the day, called Sparky OS. And I am trying to strike a behavior change in myself where I'm like, okay, I have now blocked time to actually codify the Sparky OS. Now I need to start putting some hours into that project. And uh, the time block is what lets me do that. If I just wrote it down on my task list every day, I can almost guarantee you it would not get done. But now that I put it on the calendar, I've kind of made this agreement with myself um, that I'm going to be doing that. In fact, today at two o'clock, I will be working at Sparky OS. So uh, mm-hmm. you just got to you know figure out if you've got something you've been wanting to do, uh, these blocks can really help you. Yes. Um, I've also found that they are a good reminder to me of uh, other things I had intended to do. So, um, you know, just like you've got Sparky OS on your calendar, I don't tend to put very granular things unless it's a big item. So, for example, if I'm recording a screencast or something, then that's that's going to go in as an item. But running errands, I'm not going to put down each individual errand there. But I will put something like make dinner and tidy up. Um, because that reminds me, hey, okay, you were going to make dinner in this time slot because you've got half an hour here where you, you know, need to make and eat dinner. But you're not just going to flump down on the sofa once you've put some food on to cook. You need to actually, you know, do some other things like clean up and tidy up and things like that. Um, and, you know, some of this is automatic habits. Um, and some of this is just a reminder from my past self that my future self will indeed be grateful if all of these things have been accomplished. Um, and so it helps me multitask is the wrong word, but make sure that I actually encompass all the things that I need to do because it's not just a case of, oh yeah, I can actually squeeze in writing this article while I'm cooking because then something else gets knocked out. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, I've gone with broader titles in some cases than I would previously have done. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. And we're, we cover this a lot on my other podcast called Focused, Mike, and I talk about calendar blocks, but like some of the common mistakes people make are they get too granular. Like um, they put bathroom breaks in their calendar blocks, you know, they, and I, I see that and I'm like, that is crazy. And that's the reason why most people run away screaming when you say calendar blocks or hyper scheduling, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're like, Oh, I'm not going to schedule when I'm going to pee, but you know, that's not the way it works. I mean, usually blocks are no less than an hour. Occasionally I'll have like a half hour block for something in particular, like, yeah. I just want to make sure I really do this thing. but And then you make them longer than they need to be because as humans, we're terrible at estimating how long it takes to do things. If you think it takes an hour to write a contract, it takes three, you know. So you've just yeah. got to um, be realistic about those blocks. But once you kind of get a rhythm with it, it's really a great way to make sure the most important work gets done and kind of get through your day without having to um, – to think about it much, you know, another yeah. like productivity concept I like to talk about is the manager and the maker. And I really like the idea of putting on your manager hat the night before setting your blocks for the next day. And the next day you get to be the maker. You don't have to worry about where you're supposed to be. The manager already decided for you, but I also like to automate this stuff. 
right? Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, we mentioned this in the first episode, but there'll be some people listening who didn't listen to the first episode. Some people who, oh my gosh, David, they might have forgotten what we said in the first episode. I forgot um, so, what we said. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you cheated though and re-listened. I did have, I, I did remember a little bit. Um, and I, I went back and did some re-listening as well. But my favorite basic automation for this is repeating calendar events. Um, so, you know, you can do this in any calendar app. If you can't do it in a calendar app, uh, then maybe you're using an analog calendar, in which case snaps, snaps are pretty good. But, um, you know, repeating calendar events are one of the core things uh, in my in my calendar because um as we'll get to in a bit i've i've got some other automations as well um but one of the problems that i have is that i need to prepare for automators um and that happens every other week uh but it's not always every other week sometimes we end up recording two weeks back to back because we we have to move things because we we've got a block or something um and and you know sometimes we then have a gap because we've recorded early or late on one um, and so I have taken to putting that in now um, as a recurring calendar event. And then if we move the the show recording, then I have to, you know, manually go and move the other one. Is it perfect? No. Is there a way I could absolutely automate this and go through and look in my calendar and go, oh, okay, so the automator's recording is here. Uh, therefore, that means I need to put a preparation thing here. Yes, but I can't always do prep on, you know, the same day. If we move the recording, then, you know, I have to move my preparation. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've gone, I've gone around the, the maypole here. I've, I've tried, I think so far five different approaches and I've gone back with that particular one and many others to the good old recurring calendar event. Yeah. So with a recurring calendar event, you can set it up daily, weekly, monthly, all of the good calendar apps, you know, ranging from Apple's built-in calendar app to Outlook to something like Fantastical have recurring calendar events. Um, to me, there's a couple problems with them. Um, and so I, I very sparingly use them. Um, generally, recurring calendar events for me are things like an appointment recurrent, like like recording a podcast where, you know, I need to be there for Rose every, you know, Thursday at 11 o'clock or whenever we're going to set our, our standard time. So I don't use them often. The reason I don't like using them for most calendar blocks is because uh, a few things. First of all is you get this, they just flood your calendar. Like if you say, you know, I'm going to spend from 6.30 to 7, you know, journaling about my day every day, every morning. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do my morning pages. And you decide, that's so important to me. I'm going to make that a recurring half-hour calendar block. And you put it on your calendar. Well, just for now until forever, you've got a 6.30 a.m. appointment. And then you multiply that. Maybe you've got three or four things that are recurring every day. Like a good example for me is at the end of the day, I have a recurring block called PM comms, like communication. So at the end of the day, I sweep through email, I sweep through Slack and all the things I need to talk to people on just to make sure nothing, you know, fell apart during the day. Cause I, I generally ignore those things while I'm working. So I've got one in the morning for journaling, one in the afternoon for comms and I have a shutdown block. So I've got, let's say I've got four things that I do every day. Now I've got four calendar items on my calendar every day or every weekday forever. And then when I look at my calendar to plan future events, it's really hard to see when's a good time, you know? So yeah. um, by using some of the other methods we're going to talk about today, I make these things, I make these kind of 
uh, system blocks like calendaring, journaling, comms, and stuff like that, they, they don't show up until a week before they're, they're actually used. Uh, and then that way, looking out, my calendar doesn't look completely insane. And then the other reason I don't like them is when you create them, and this is by default, I don't think there's really a way around this. Whenever you move a recurring event, there's a confirmation dialog box. Do you want to just move it this one time or are you going to move all of them? And it just drives me nuts having to hit that confirmation dialog box yeah. every time I need to move one. I, I mean, trust me, I've tried it. I There was a time when I built all of these out with recurring events and I knew I was going to be journaling at 6.30 from now until my death. But, you know, that, it just didn't work. And I don't think it'll work for you either. Yeah, I mean, I have some things in as recurring events just because I, I need to plan with slash around that. Um, but whenever I'm looking into the future, uh, I so I use Fantastical, I use the calendar sets, and I have um, my, my standard calendar set excludes my time blocking calendar. And I specifically don't put my time blocks on my regular calendar. They are on a separate calendar. Yeah. Um, because this means that I can easily hide them because as you said, you know, I'm, I'm going on holiday in six months. I don't need to know that I would be, you know, doing, you know, I would usually be working on that day then. Um, and that does mean that I can go through and, uh, delete those individual ones if I need to. Um, but it means that if for whatever reason I don't run my automation or my automation doesn't run those things that I need to be aware of doing happen. You know, they appear on my calendar. They send me notifications to say you, you're supposed to be doing this now because I do, for some of these, have notifications turned on. I don't have notifications turned on for all of them. And uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, this is quite useful in many ways because, for example, this weekend I had a very lazy weekend. I did not do everything. One of the things I didn't do, David, was run my time blocking uh, system. Um, and so if I hadn't done that, I you know, if I hadn't got automated preparation in as a recurring event, then uh, I would have missed it. And uh, well, today's show would be re going very differently. <laughs> yeah. And, and that that's the beauty of these uh, recurring event blocks is that um, you never miss them. And like, let's say like one that I have is we record automators just for the listeners. We record the show almost two weeks before it publishes of all my shows. This is one of the ones we record the earliest and quite often the ads are not ready by the time when we record the show. So I don't record the ads until a week later because the copy isn't there or the advertising thing hasn't got sorted out. So I actually have to remember to go back the following week to record ads. And, but that doesn't happen every week. It happens every two weeks. And it's like, do I want a recurring event every two weeks to do this? And like, I, I do think these recurring events are a great way to make sure something like that happens. Like, Another one for me is to check up on receivables for Sparks Law. You know, if people aren't paying their invoices, um, I'm lazy about that. And if I let a couple months go by and I don't check up on that, maybe a client didn't pay who forgot. And all I had to do was send them an email. And so, like, that's a good candidate for a recurring event because what these other methods we're going to talk about, you're not necessarily going to catch those, like, once a month events that way. Yes, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I... I have in that in that kind of event because i have one on a monthly basis to, to send invoices um and um that's kind of accidentally turned into maintain invoicing system and send invoices um so i i actually need to break that out or just sit down at some point and spend some time doing the maintenance on that uh because it, it needs updating um but what i've got in all of those is a link to um omnifocus in my case showing me what actually it is i need to do in that 
Yeah. Um, because because that's where I can then go. Okay, so I don't need you know I I'm I'm trying to reduce information duplication uh, in programming. It's called dry. Don't repeat yourself. Um, you know, you and I know as soon as we start putting the same thing in multiple places, it goes out of sync and everything goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what I do with that as well. All right. So there are good reasons to use recurring events, but I think we'd both agree this is not the end all be all of time blocking. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um uh but so I, but like I said, this isn't something to just ignore. We're not just dismissing it, but you know, it's not I don't think it's ideal. So there's another way to do this with copy and paste and this to me I think may be an endpoint for a lot of our listeners because copy and paste is a very powerful tool for time blocking. Yeah, it is. It's a great tool. You go into your calendar, you click on the event or events that you want to copy, uh, and then you you click on the day that you want to, you know, copy them to, and you hit paste, and that's it. That's that's yeah. all you need to do. Um, and it's pretty useful. Yeah, especially once you start developing a pattern of what your blocks are. Like for me, every mornings usually I spend working on field guides. I'm either usually podcasting or or producing field guides in the morning. So. There are very regular blocks that I have related to that. And I talked earlier about I have kind of like startup and shutdown blocks that are the same every day. Now, depending on the app you use, th- this works differently. Like with the Apple Calendar app, um, if you you can select mul- select a single event and hit Command D and duplicate it and then just move it with the mouse anywhere. And the best view to do this in, by the way, is weak view. Yeah, yeah, especially if you need to change times. If you don't need to change times, then you can just move it around in your month, in a month view. Um, but if you have lots of events on your calendar and you don't have a humongous screen, um, then you you might struggle with that. Um, I know I have lost events in month view um, and I've had to, you know, use the search and, and go to the, we can find it and put it in the right place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that is a great one. The other tip is, of course, uh, using command to click on multiple events and copy them and then go to, say, for example, the next week and paste. Yeah. Um, if you realize, you know, looking back, because scheduling and time blocking for me, David, very much ties into my um, daily and weekly reviews. And when I'm doing my weekly review, I can look back at the last week and see what I've done. And I look forward to next week and do some planning. And that's when you you can copy and paste some events because, you know, you just go, oh, yeah, I need to do these things again this week. So I copy them and I paste them. Um, And, you know, you can rename things after that if if they're just there kind of to give you a title um, or a a starting point, a jumping off point. But, uh, yeah, being able to copy and paste one or multiple events is a key trick for us. Yeah. And now on the Apple calendar app, I find that an unstable behavior. And I've submitted bug reports on this. When you select multiple calendar events in Apple calendar, quite often they will paste with a single calendar. And I don't know why, like, for instance, I use a lot of calendars, like the journaling thing. I have a focus calendar and the, you know, personal stuff is a personal calendar and Max Barkey and legal. So um, the, the blocks are different colors and different, you know, areas of influence. And then when I paste them a lot of times in Apple Calendar, for whatever reason, it makes them all personal. Is that your default calendar by yeah, any chance? Yeah, I think it is. I think because I just don't use Apple Calendar much. But prepping for today's show, I've been trying to use it in Apple Calendar, and it's been frustrating because it's not um, copying over the, the calendar when I paste them all. I do the same thing in Fantastic Al, and it works fine. There's no problem there. So I, I don't know if there's a bug in Apple Calendar or what the issue is. But 
So in Fantastic Hell, that works. Hold down the command key, copy down. You know, you can, I have sometimes like six blocks I use four days a week, and all I have to do is do that copy and then paste it four times over in the next week, and I'm good. And that is yeah. really handy. I don't know. I, have you? Can you test it on your Apple Calendar? I'm trying to figure. I'm not on a beta, so I'm not sure why. It's okay, I don't. This, this machine is not on a beta. I do have a MacBook Pro running Monterey here. Um, let no, me just. No, I'm I'm talking about on the standard. This is on. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just looking for a couple of things on different calendars that yeah. I can edit because. Okay, if you get another episode of Automators appearing in your calendar next week, you know why. Okay. Um. Uh. So paste that and uh i got things on the same calendar yeah, yeah they both landed in personal yeah so that is definitely a calendar bug yeah now if you only use one calendar this isn't a problem but yeah. if you use multiple calendars like me and i use a lot of calendars um that becomes difficult so i think in apple calendar you're, you're almost better just to copy or duplicate individual items Still, yeah. it does not take that long, honestly. No. You know, I mean, it's no. not, you don't have to go buy Fantastic Hell for that one feature. I mean, if you, no, because no, no. uh, like you can just hit Command D four times and, and drag it out to four days in the week and it takes seconds. But um, with Fantastic Hell, it's actually more handy because you can actually get the actual calendar data and what calendar it's on. Uh, so that's really handy. I, I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. Um, a lot of times for the rough, rough out of the calendar, that's what I do. Um, we're going to talk about some shortcuts and stuff later because I have done automation methods as well, and I use those as, as well. But, I mean, if you're just doing a rough calendar and you don't want to do any automation, all you have to do is select the items, hit copy, and then paste them out. And I do that Thursday night. I don't know about you, Rose, but I actually like it. It's really fun for me to to reflect on the past week and plan the next one. I actually, yeah. um, that is not work for me. That is something that's kind of enjoyable. Yes, I, it's one of those things where I, I've turned it into something very enjoyable by sitting down um, with, with some chocolate and, and some fancy pens and so on, because it's always fun to have fancy pens for these things. And, and yeah. you know, I kind of doodle away at stuff. And then afterwards, I have a little stack of things and I go through and I process it. But one of the things I do just want to take a moment, step back, you, you, because you have these multiple calendars and I only have one calendar. And the reason why I only have one calendar for this is because I really want to be able to see at a glance, um, which of which of my events are theoretically movable? Okay, so say something comes up. You know, I've planned um, to do uh, this thing. I was going to start work early on this day, um, and then I was going to do this thing. And then, you know, work sends me an email and says, "Hey, actually, are you available for a meeting? I know it's kind of late in the day." If I look at my calendar, then I can see. Okay, actually, this is not a, a fixed block. Like ideally, I would keep it as it is because I planned to do things like that for a reason. Um, but you know, if you know, if work wants me to do my do my job, I need to do my job. Um, so you know, I I like to be able to know which one which things of mine are movable. Um, are you using emoji in your calendar events or anything like that to help identify which ones are adjustable? No, I don't. I but I know what's adjustable. Honestly, I can look at my calendar and just read the event name and know. I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah. And, yeah, and I don't yeah. really have that many non-adjustable events because I really try hard not to to have meetings, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I also try hard not to have meetings. And this was more of a problem, I have to say, when I was in an office um, and I, I'd planned to be elsewhere at a specific time or, you know, somebody wanted to have a chat with me about something. It's like, well, if I'm working from home, then I can do that. But if I'm not working from home, then I can't do that. 
Um, and so, you know, things things have changed a little bit there, especially over the last 18 months. Um, but uh, I, I still like knowing what, what are my events are flexible. You know, you wake up uh, late one day, um, even though it's the weekend, you know, I still plan to do things. I still have time blocks at the weekend. You know, just because it's free time uh, doesn't mean it's 100% free range. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, if I wake up late, then I, I, I like knowing, okay, yeah. So I still have to go and be here at this place at this time. Um, you know, dinner with my parents is still dinner with my parents. I can't just push that back two hours. I mean, I could, but I won't get food and they'll have already eaten. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I use different calendars for that. Yeah. I, just a few follow-up kind of more productivity theme points on this is, uh, number one, the time blocks on weekends are fine, but maybe you time block fun. You know, like another time yeah. block I have is to play my saxophone or to spend the day with my kids. I mean, that, that can be a time block. They don't all have to be you know, you know, working on spreadsheets. Uh, so think about yeah. that. And um, uh, the reason I use multiple calendars is just because my life is so um, diverse. Like I, I am a lawyer, but I'm also a podcaster and I'm also a book producer. So like, I like to be able to slice and dice and just kind of see, well, what am I doing in this area of my life versus that area of my life? And again, a pitch for fantastic how they're not sponsoring today, but you know, the usual thing, but the, uh, but they have a way, they have what they call calendar sets, where you can say, just show me all the calendars related to field guides or the law practice. Mm -hmm. And I actually get good feedback from that. And the last bit of productivity thing I do as part of that Sunday night ritual is actually at the beginning of the week, I, I print a PDF of the calendar as planned for the week. Right. And then as I go through the week, I actually adjust the blocks to match reality. And actually get a little bit of benefit as to, to on Sunday, say, okay, this is what my calendar looks like now. Now let me go back and look like how I had planned it and see how different it is. And this is a really good kind of feedback loop for calendar blocking. Like you say, like, look, I had planned to spend one hour on this thing and I ended up spending four hours on it. Well, going forward, I should remember that kind of thing takes longer than I thought it did, you know, or I had planned to work on project X three days and I kept pushing it off and I killed it and I didn't work on project X at all. So what does that mean? Do I really want to do project X or am I not giving it enough, you know, um, priority, you know, it just gives you a, a really great way to kind of look back and make grown up decisions about your life. Yes. Yeah. I have, a, I have a similar thing where, you know, it's, it's not just about, you know, being able to, to reflect on things. It's also, just knowing, hey, these items are still outstanding. Now, watching this week's episode of Loki is an outstanding item. Actually, I didn't get around to it. Um, but you know what? That's okay. I can move that and that's fine. But, you know, I, I, I missed some time. I was planning on doing some stuff on Saturday and I didn't get a chance to do it because I had to deal with some other things. Um, and, you know, and so I know now that I have to pull those blocks forward. So having having that snapshot of your week as intended versus reality, I think, is an excellent tool. I should yeah. figure out a way to automate that. Well, like that's a fun challenge. Well, I, I think one thing you could do is you could save the PDF in a file, and then um, you could uh, you could have it auto render a new PDF based on the week as lived. Um, there's a there's a thing I've experimented with. I've actually got a blog post going to Max Sparky that should post before the show airs, but um, to create a separate calendar called Planned. And then as you go through your day, and now th this is not automation friendly, maybe you can think of a way to do this better, but 
Like you could literally, as you go through your day, you could duplicate each event and move the source event to the planned calendar and then leave the duplicate on whatever it is. As an example, like um, record Devon Think Field Guide. And then I could say, and I, let's say I did spend three hours on that. So then I duplicate it and I make one of the duplicates the planned calendar and then leave the other one on the field guide calendar. And then at the end of the week, I just set a view that shows me the planned and the uh, the other calendars, you know, the operations calendars mm-hmm. plus the planned calendar. And you see them right next to each other. So you can say, and then make, and what I did is I made the planned calendar gray. So everything gray was what, what was planned. And then next to it, you see rendered in real time on the calendar what actually happened. And I played with that for a few days. And I, to me, it was too much work. You know, it's like, I'm not yeah. going to go through and do this. But that is a way. Uh, it's not that very automation friendly, but that is a way you could get them both on a single calendar. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just another way to do it is, um, you know, print the PDF and stick the PDF in something like Pixelmator. Yeah. Um, so print both PDFs and have them as layers and just set each layer to yeah, set the opacity. be transparent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, partially transparent on top of a white background layer or something. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's... Again, not super automation, but sometimes automation is not the right answer in these cases. Yeah. It's just, what can I do really quickly? Um, and realistically, that's a fairly, you know, that's a repeatable process. So you are actually going to be able to automate it. You're going to be able to select two PDFs, right click, you know, run Keyboard Maestro macro on this, whatever. Um, and, you know, have, you know, Keyboard Maestro open Pixelmator, create a new document, add this layer, add that layer, set, you know, this layer of transparency to this, this layer of transparency to that, done. Um, you know, and print as new PDF. Stick it in Notability, maybe, or whatever you're using for annotating your PDFs. And there you go. This episode of Automators is brought to you by HPE Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I love finding a new podcast to listen to, and it's even better when it's both something I can enjoy and something I can learn from. And Tech Talk is the show that talks through HPE news, tech insights, and world class innovations. I listened to the episode on Gaia-X, which is a federated data model, and how it can benefit businesses. I found this really interesting because I've dealt with a lot of data in the past, and of course this is a new approach which I've not experienced before, and it just seemed pretty interesting, and the extra blog post really helped me dive in. And if you listen to, you can expect topics like how to tackle issues when it comes to high-performance computing, how data experiences are changing, and how to harness the power of 5G to offer the ultimate experience. And the show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some seriously impressive tech leaders, like Dr. Michael Roberts from the ISS US National Lab, Monica Livingston from Intel, and Erica Varas Doggett, the research assistant at Studio Lab. Check out Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Tech Talk now or click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to HPE Tech Talk for their support of this show and Relay FM. Uh, one thing that I've been playing with a little bit recently, uh, David, because uh, Fantastic Owl came out with this big shiny update um, and including, you know, an all new iOS app is templates for calendar events. Now, previously, I always did templates for calendar events and shortcuts, but Fantastic Owl's gone ahead and done them in the app, um, which is very useful. Um, and I, I mean, I'm using these uh, in some cases, you know, for podcast recordings and so on, because um, if if I get asked to be on clockwise, then I, you know, can just open it up, 
and tap the clockwise button and it knows that that's Wednesday at this time for me. Except it's not this time for me. It puts it in in the Pacific time because then it's always going to be right. Um, those couple of weeks a year that we're not 100% aligned like we usually are. Um, and, you know, I found this to be an incredibly useful tool um, for things that happen semi-regularly. Okay, so I don't necessarily 100% know that this is going to happen um, all the time. Therefore, it's not going to go into another existing automation that I do on a regular basis. Uh, but it is going to, you know, be something that I add to my calendar somewhat regularly. Yes. Um, that I, I feel like, you know, as we work through the show, we're just getting deeper down the automation stack. And this is really the next level. And Fantastic Hal has a feature, and, and this does require you to get a subscription to an app, so you have to throw money at the problem a little bit. But it's very powerful in the sense that it's kind of like taking that copy and paste, but just saving the copied stuff to a menu or a list that you can pick from. And you can put a bunch of these in here. So uh, going back to my earlier discussion of blocks that repeat often for me, like work on the field guide or do the AM journaling or, you know, the meditation time. Now I'm going to add a template now for Sparky OS. And if the, I generally do them around the same time of day with these uh, fantastic L template blocks, it saves the calendar, the time of day, all of the, the stuff like, and I also often put alarms on these because I want a reminder to say, okay, now it's time to stop doing this thing and go do that thing. So I have created template blocks for all of the standard ones I do. The other thing, though, I find these templates useful for are getting those outliers, like checking in on receivables and things that I was talking about earlier that you don't do very often, but you do once in a while. Uh, by creating a template block, every time you go hit the button in Fantastical, you get a list of your templates, you're reminded of you know what the available blocks are. And this is part of my Sunday ritual. You know, I copy and paste a bunch of them. I go through the template blocks. Um, I've got a couple days I, I set up with shortcuts. So I just kind of work my way through the stack and that way I, I just don't miss anything. And there's not a lot to say about these template blocks to create it. All you do is you create an event on your calendar and then you right click on it and say, add to template, but it is automation. I mean, you just click it once and then it shows up on the day. I don't think they're great if you're going to do something, you know, five days in a row, cause you've got to click it five times. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, for just kind of setting your calendar up. I think it's a it's a great way to get started. It is. It is. I find it's incredibly useful. Um, And I mostly do this on iOS, uh, where just for people who aren't sure how to create um, a template, uh, what you do is you find an existing event in your calendar and you tap and hold on it. Um, and then right after duplicate, which is there, duplicate as task, also useful, there's create template. Um, and, and that's how I've created templates, because that means, you know, if something happens, then I can just easily, you know, pop something in there. And then when I go to add a new event, it is, you know, right there. Um, and I really do appreciate that. And, and I really believe there's like a force multiplier with this feature on iPhone and iPad, because creating a, an event on iPhone and iPad is way more tedious than it is on the Mac, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, one tip I do have for everybody uh, who's there going, I agree, is the Fantastical Magic Parser. Um, because yeah. I, I did that. I, I went to the bank today um, and uh, surprise, surprise, they have terrible opening hours. And uh, they, I asked them, hey, so I was told I can come in, come to the counter and you can do this thing. And they said, oh, no, no, no. You need to talk to Liam. Who, who's that? Oh, he he's the only person who can do things like that. Uh, I'll make you an appointment. 
how does Thursday at 1.45 sound? For the record, today is Monday. Um, so it's like, okay, uh, I guess I'm coming back on Thursday. And I was just able to tap the plus and, and go ahead and type in the information. And that worked out pretty well, actually. Um, so it was much easier to add it that way. I certainly don't find myself tapping between event fields in the calendar um, because that's just tedious and prone to error. Yeah, but I mean, really, in general... I do almost all of my calendar heavy lifting on a Mac because it's just so much easier. Like, like when you've got that week view, and again, I'm going to call Fantastical. You can put a week view in Fantastical that shows ten days or fourteen days or up up to fourteen days anyway. But then you just take your mouse and you drag those blocks wherever they belong. And trying to drag even on an iPad, it's just not it's just not very friendly with calendars. No, no, it's not. Um, and I found if you use the the magic trackpad, it's much easier, um, which is, you know, a good thing. Um, but, um, you know, the, the best solution really is, you know, dragging and dropping on a Mac. Um, and I prefer, I have to say, using a mouse for this. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm not sure, David, are you mousing or trackpadding in this particular case? Uh, either one. I am bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> you know something I've done You're weird. You're a multi input device. <laughs> I have I've gone I've gone old school rows right now on my Mac, and for the last like month, I've just got the uh, Apple Magic Keyboard, an Apple mouse, you know, the little flat pancake, and a trackpad, oh, wow. and I've just been using those three things. I was having trouble with my Logitech stuff where the little dongle, even though it was only a couple feet away and it was line of sight, it was they just were not. They were not, they were behaving erratically, you know, where I would move the mouse and it would jump. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to get the Apple mouse out. And it's just been working so well that uh, I've yeah. gone like all like Apple tools on this. I know. I, I think I'm going to lose my nerd card because, you know, nerds have I mean, to have maybe. a clicky keyboard. They have to have a fancy mouse. Right now, I'm just going with the Apple stuff and I'm kind of liking it right now. I mean, I have um, a Logitech mouse here, but I also have um, the the um, trackpad on my desk um, and the trackpad's on my desk for podcasting uh, yeah. because the, the Logitech mouse is pretty clicky. Um, I used to experience that same weird input issue um, with the Logitech mouse. I found if I don't use the dongle, I use Bluetooth. Um, and if I do, and if I... Um, uh, don't have the Logitech options software installed, which means I have to customize the buttons using something like Better Touch Tool rather yeah. than um, the Logitech options software, then everything is much, much better. Um, and I don't have the issue. I may have to try that. But anyway, um, yeah, the uh, templates in Fantastic Calendar are a great way. I wish Apple would uh, would add this feature to Calendar, but they never will. Um, nope. Uh, so if you want to use Fantastic Cal, another great way to like set your blocks very easily is just drop in templates. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now let's get a little deeper down the stack. I think it's time we moved our way into. Well, actually, before we get to shortcuts, there, there's a there's another solution out there that's an app based solution that I think a lot of people should consider if you get into this block scheduling. Have you ever used the app Sorted? I have looked at Sorted several times. I've never actually ended up using it though. And I'm not quite sure why precisely that is. I think probably because my existing systems are working very well for me. Um, and I'm a little scared about transitioning everything. But uh, yeah. Uh, how about you, David? Are you playing with Sorted? Yeah, I've played with it and kind of gone down and tried it. I've used it for like months at a time, but it's never stuck with me as a permanent solution. 
but sorted is all about calendar blocks. And there's a lot to like in here because the way it works is you create your blocks and you can make them recurring blocks like every day or once a week or every two weeks or every month. So it kind of solves several problems we've been talking about. And then they arrange themselves basically in your calendar around your fixed events. So like if you have, and it talks to your calendar. So it knows like if you have a dentist appointment or a podcast, it knows you have that. And you Mm -hmm. tell it how long it's going to take to do your block. And, um, and then once you press a button in the app, then it just automatically, you know, juggles everything around and sets blocks around your events. It's a really great idea for an app. Um, Yeah. And I, I like it. Uh, there's a, you know, I'm just not sure why it hasn't stuck with me as much as it probably should. Uh, one of it is I'm just a creature of habit and I like having my week set out before me. You know, I like having that week view that I print out so I can compare against what's going to actually happen. Mm-hmm. And sorted is more of a kind of like, okay, you're going to take each day as it occurs and right. you still have block schedules, but we'll determine when those block schedules. It's, it's honestly, I think in a lot of ways, a healthier attitude. You know, a completely unrelated thing is I've been really trying to focus on getting enough sleep lately. And, uh, but I don't always go to bed at the same time. I've got kids and my wife and maybe, you know, the late evening is the only time I can really spend quality time with them. So I'll go to bed later than usual, but I'll just let myself sleep in. And I kind of design my calendar around the ability to sleep in if I need to. Um, and sorted is great for that. So, so the, today I slept in until 730 or eight and that's cool. Uh, so I, uh, I just hit the button and sorted and it moves everything back to a reasonable time. And, um, you know, I have mentioned this in my newsletter and a lot of listeners wrote back saying that they turned sorted not only into their calendar block tool, but their entire task management tool. So, you know, this, this, this app, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned it because, uh, this is an app built around calendar blocks and it does the automation for you. Yes. Uh, that's one of the things where I think I, I, I struggled with the idea of sorted because I have a task management system that works for me. I have suffered the pain of trying to go and use other task management systems, which means that you have to kind of rewire your brain to work in that kind of way. Um, and, you know, the switching costs of this kind of thing are, are, are can, you know, sometimes be substantial. And I kind of felt that sorted works really well if you throw everything in there. And um, that was not something I was willing to do. Um, it's something I should maybe review because considering uh, what we're going to talk about in a minute, um, you know, I am kind of reviewing everything and putting stuff in every day as it comes. Um, not everything, but a lot of things. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, there's options there. Yeah. Um, and let me just say, because I am, I use OmniFocus. It's a very powerful task manager because all of the phases of my life, I need something that can really have massive project and tags and review processes and sorted is not any of that. But the way I use sorted is I never thought of it really as a task manager, but like I'll have a task in OmniFocus, write contract for X, Y, Z. And that's a, I know that's like a three hour project. And by the way, I didn't mention earlier, did you know, Rose, that you can just drag that event out of OmniFocus onto your calendar and it creates a three hour project. If you said duration, should have yep. mentioned that earlier. But if you set a duration in an OmniFocus task, you can just drag it on your calendar and create a block. Anyway, yep. um, but so I know that's a three-hour project. But I, So I'll create the, the event and sorted. So I'm not using that as the places I go and check things off, but it's just carving out time to get tasks done. And it can work that way. It doesn't have to be your everything app. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, I think everybody just has to find the solution that works for them when it comes to all of this. Yeah. And uh, so we've got a few more ideas for them. Yeah. And, and Sorted has a Mac, iPhone, iPad app. It's actively developed. Um, it's got a lot better. I think they're at version three now. I, I tried it early and I didn't like it. But uh, with version three, it's something I can definitely recommend. Uh, a couple of cool features is one, they have very interesting swipe features. Like occasionally, like when you set all these blocks, but then something just goes wrong. Like my daughter walks in and says, dad, you know, I got to do all these college, you know, you know, stuff, things that I need your help with, you know, admin forms. And suddenly I have two hours in that, that I didn't expect. Well, then I have to like move blocks around and, you know, move things to tomorrow and sorted like makes a problem like that very easy to solve. They have like a, a, a swipe gesture where you go right to left and then down, and you can just drag remaining events down two hours. And uh, so there, there is a lot to like about it. And um, I would recommend checking it out if this stuff is interesting to you and you're not, you know, not necessarily buying on some of the other solutions we had. I think another reason why Sorted hasn't really stuck with me is I just don't like the idea of two calendar apps, you know? Um, yeah. One of the benefits of my block system is I have on my home screen, my iPhone at all times, the large Fantastical widget in list view, basically. Or, you know, there's a view that doesn't even put the monthly calendar, just puts all of your events for the day. And every time I open my iPhone, I just look at it and see everything. And Sorted also has one of those. But for, some, you know, Fantastical, I just really like the way that system works. I like the Fantastical parser. I guess what I'd like is for Fantastic, I'll get some of those sorted features ultimately. But um, but I, it just hasn't stuck with me. Now, see, talking about it, Rose, makes me want to try it again. This is my problem. I mean, you can try it again. Uh, and what we can also do is, uh, you know, talk to the nice people at Fantastical because they've had a lot of features over the yeah. years. Um, and uh, I'm sure if we explain what we want, then they would be willing to at the very least consider it, especially if there's a large demand for it. Well, and, and you know, the thing is I've actually solved a lot of the the features in Sorted by creating shortcuts. So I guess we should go there next. Yeah, I have lots of shortcuts, David. Is anybody surprised? I have shortcuts, data jar. I have two primary shortcuts that I use now. Um, and I have consolidated things from a, a previous approach because people who did listen to episode one and remember episode one will remember you had a, a shortcut where you just had multiple calendar blocks, you know, add create event blocks where you just duplicated them and just put different information in. Yeah. Um, and I had a similar kind of thing for a while. Um, and, you know, it was fine. Um, but I realized that actually uh, I needed something that was a little bit more visible because even on 12.9 inch iPad Pro screen, um, you know, it's kind of difficult to scroll up and down and see all of that information and figure out which event precisely is it that's not doing what I expected to or when I need to change something, where where is that one? Yeah. Um, so, and, so let me um, just back up just a little bit to explain. Yeah. So the shortcut I had created was the most basic of shortcuts. There is a shortcut to create a calendar event. And then I just made one that said every, you know, at 6.30 a.m., create a journal entry. At, you know, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., create a record screencast. And at, you know, 3 p.m., make a answer legal email. And at, you know, 5 p.m., create a shutdown event. See, so I just had like these blocks that I did almost every day, and I put that into a shortcut. So, and then the start of the shortcut was pick a day. So you pick a day. 
And then it just dumps, you know, seven calendar entries into that day. And you can put alarms on and choose the appropriate calendar. You can do all that stuff in a shortcut. So it automates the process of filling your day with events. And it creates this really long, kind of hard to read shortcut, but it does do the job. Yes. Um, and that's the thing, you know, you need something that does the job. Um, and I had that and it was fine, but I realized I had to go through and change a whole bunch of things because I was, you know, changing jobs um, and and so on. And there was a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to just, you know, update and jazz up a little bit. Um, and I also, you know, wanted to do things uh, a slightly more efficient way, I guess you could say. I don't know if my end result actually is more efficient, but it certainly feels to me like I have uh, now got a better solution. So, I have um, a, a weekly shortcut and I have a daily shortcut. Um, and as you can tell from the name, one of these I run once a week and one of these I run every day. And the weekly shortcut, I have now uh, changed it. So um, I have a series of standard blocks, which I can reuse on a daily or weekly basis. And these live in DataJar. And so for people not familiar with the app, DataJar is a jar of data, which you can use in shortcuts. Um, and so you have... Um, you know, essentially you you have a primary key somewhere and then you can go off and put data underneath that. So I have a dictionary of dictionaries um, because every single one of these, the, the key is the title. Um, so then I can look it up. So for example, automators preparation, when it was in there, it's not anymore. I've actually pulled that out because uh, I, I realized I was better off with that particular one as a repeating event. Um, and then inside of that, I have a dictionary which has things like the day of the week, um, a start time, an, a normal standard start time duration. And then uh, a recent one that I added is active, which is a Boolean that defaults to true. Um, and then I can set something to inactive. So if for a while I'm not going to be doing something, then I can just go ahead and deactivate it. Um, and I don't lose that block Um um, and then what happens is shortcuts pulls in all of the items from data jar and it goes through them. If something's not active, it skips it. Otherwise, it puts it in the calendar with the right title on the right day of the week at the right start time for the right duration. And uh, then after that, it goes through. Um, and I don't know, David, do you know of a service called Tracked TV? No. Okay, so Tracked TV for people who don't know is a, a way to track what TV and things that you're watching, okay. or. The way I use it is also to keep an eye on what is upcoming. So I put shows in there that I'm interested in. So, for example, Star Trek, Picard and Discovery are in there. Loki is in there and some other things. Um, and then this creates um, a, a calendar that you can subscribe to in your calendar application. Um, and so one of the things I do at the end is uh, it looks for all the calendar events from Tracked TV in the next week. Um, and then it copies those um, to my regular calendar. Um, and it just fast forwards the time around about, um, I, I think I've got it at the moment at 14 hours. Um, and it, it moves it forward 14 hours because Loki comes out at like three o'clock in the morning or something. Um, and I don't want these ca calendar events at three o'clock in the morning because they're not going to happen. I'm not going to see them because I'm usually scrolled down after 3 a.m. And uh, so it just dumps it later in the day so that I can then move things around later um, when I want or need to. And it's basically just a way of me putting some time on my calendar to sit down and enjoy those things. Because as we mentioned at the top of the show, or you mentioned, um, you know, having fun in here makes it 
easier to stick to your plan. Yeah. Um, and so I've put, you know, fun things in there, like, you know, watching Loki and so on. And I have to say, whenever I'm watching these things, I do tend to do something like the ironing, um, which is, um, you know, a very a boring grown up thing that I sometimes need to do, but not always. Um, but it's uh, one of those things where it's like, okay, I've got some time blocked in my calendar here to watch Loki or whatever it is, um, you know, and put that in. No, I, that's a great idea. And it's, it's really a more efficient way to do these blocks. I still yes. have the, um, I have one called standard day and one called standard Saturday. Right. And so like the standard day one, I, I tried doing it like weekly and that just turned into craziness, but, but you know, an easier way to run it weekly would be to make one for each day, Monday through Friday. Like let's say on every Wednesday you have this certain meeting and every Friday, you know, you review the week at the end of the day. So you actually have standard blocks, but they're different days. Rather than make one long week, you know, entry, you just make one for each day. And then you make a shortcut that runs each Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday shortcuts. Make sense? Right. So you have you yeah. have a shortcut for each day. And you have another shortcut that runs all five days. So that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a really efficient way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not using, uh, your, your trick though, with data jar, I think I may have to, to switch that up, but honestly it works for me because, uh, I have kind of figured out what my standard day is. So faster than copying and pasting faster than entering templates is just to run a shortcut on the day to just fill the day. Um, yes. and, um, that's kind of a, an easy way to do it, but you know, this stuff really isn't rocket science in terms of shortcuts. You really are just making a shortcut where you're creating your events for the day or, or grabbing them out of data jar. So um, yeah. this is something anybody should really be able to do. Yes. Um, one thing um, I do want to just mention as a very quick sidebar, David, you mentioned um, a shortcut running other shortcuts. One of the things that I do have, and it's not actually for, for scheduling, but I'm going to mention it now anyway, because I'm remembering it, is the run shortcut action can actually, or sorry, I think it's get shortcuts, can get shortcuts in a folder. Okay, so if you stick all of your, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through um, shortcuts um, in one folder, then you can just grab all of the shortcuts in that folder and then run them, which is more efficient than having a run shortcut action to run your Monday shortcut, a run shortcut action to run your Tuesday shortcut, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's um, cool. Which I'm using, I'm using that for several things, actually. I've got a whole bunch of widget pack widgets, uh, one of which is actually for my time blocking um, and planning. And it shows me what I've planned to do today versus a, another widget, which shows me just the hard things on my calendar for the day. Yeah, so um, being able to do that is quite useful. So just a little tip for people there. Another shortcut I use is to solve that sorted problem of, you know, what happens when I get interrupted and I just want to move blocks back. So I created a shortcut that just takes all of your events in the next four hours and moves them back an hour. Right. Yes, that, that makes sense. Um, and that's um, actually, I do have um, a shortcut that can move all of my events. It asks me how much I want to move them by. And um, that's one of the reasons why I'm glad I have those things on a time blocking calendar, because just it looks for all the events on the time blocking calendar after now, that's but still today. Um, and uh, then it it says, okay, right. And and now move everything back by, how much do you want to move everything back by? And I say 90 minutes or whatever. And it, it goes ahead and does that. Yeah. Mine gives you a list and you can just select the ones that you want to move. Like if you have a fixed item, you know, getting back yeah. to the dentist appointment, you don't click that and, um, and then you can move them forward. Um, but so you can kind of like you know, program your way around this stuff. And 
one of the beauties of all this, which we haven't mentioned, is that, you know, in a couple months, when they release Monterey for the Mac, you're going to be able to do all the shortcut automation right on your Mac, which is going to be great. Yes. Um, and that's one of the pro- that's fixing one of the problems that I've had, because as I was redoing this stuff recently uh, before WWDC, I was there going, you know, I really want to be able to sit and run this on my Mac because, you know, I have a really nice 34 inch ultra wide screen. I have a comfy chair. I have a lovely desk. I would like to be able to sit at my desk and do this without picking up my iPhone and hunching over it and doing a whole bunch of things and then coming back to my Mac, waiting for everything to sync because iCloud takes its sweet time sometimes. Um, and then, you know, moving things around. Um, and in the meantime, having got sucked into a Tom Scott YouTube rabbit hole. Um, but, um, you know, the the ability to run this on the Mac, I think, is going to be a, a game changer for a lot of people. Because as we mentioned back in episode one, Automator can add a calendar event but it sucks because you can only set it to a specific date and time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that doesn't work for th- something like time blocking where you want to run this thing every single week and just have a different date put in there. And and this is one where, you know, my I I love Keyboard Maestro and I use it every day, but Keyboard Maestro really isn't very good at like making repeated calendar events. I mean, you can do it with some UI scripting or you can do it by opening Fantastical and then, you know, basically using Fantastical's parser. But that's not really what I want. I want to go straight to the metal here. If I'm going to create a, a calendar event, I just want to plug in some variables and have it create an event and not rely on some other app to like disambiguate that into a calendar event. And uh, shortcuts on the Mac is going to solve this, I think, more efficiently than any other automation tool we really have. Um, and I know Apple script can do it, but uh, you know, that, that is like a whole nother level of work to make Apple script create calendar events. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas something like shortcuts where you just click in a couple of fields and you drop in some variables or you, you know, type in some text and then you hit run, you know, Apple script, you, you could make a template for creating a calendar event and you can copy and paste one from the internet because people have already done that. When you want to add 40 calendar events, and this is an extreme level, I don't add 40 events to my calendar every week, um, then, you know, do you, do you really want to do that multiple times? You need repeat blocks to go through each day of the week. It, it starts getting to be a much more complicated endeavor. And I'm sure somebody is going to share with us um, uh, an Apple script that they've got for time blocking. Um, and I would love to see it if you have one. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to sway me over to the Apple script side on this particular case, David. Well, especially with shortcuts on its way, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, one thing I did want to talk about still is uh, it's related to what you said earlier about using the um, the estimated duration in OmniFocus um, to put things on your calendar. So I, I mentioned my weekly and my daily shortcut before. My daily shortcut, what it does is it uh, it picks a couple of things from OmniFocus and it looks specifically for things with my today tag. Uh, and for people not familiar with it, um, a today tag in OmniFocus allows things to show up underneath your list of due items, um, but they don't have a due date on them. And so they'll just hang around until you mark them as done. So it it pulls up the list of those um, and uh, it actually excludes some things because I have some items show up with a repeat tag, which are already um, in, you know, they're, they're repeating today t- uh, tasks and they're inside of other existing time blocks anyway. And so it, it pulls up those and it asks me to to select them and it defaults to selecting none of them and 
suggests that I pick three um, and then it just dumps those into my calendar um, at 5 p.m. the next day. Um, it doesn't do anything fancy. I just get three concurrent events um, at 5 p.m. Um, for the next day with the the estimated duration from OmniFocus. And if there isn't an estimated duration, I uh, default it to 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but then, um, then you know, then I open up my calendar and I drag those around uh, to move them in my next day because maybe I can actually do one of them before work or I can do one of them at lunchtime, whatever. Um, but you know, I I just you know I I I've I've considered doing things that are fancy with it and figuring stuff out and it's like actually no, the the correct solution to this problem is be very dumb about this because it forces me to sit and look at my calendar and think about things and be aware. And that also forces me to review my calendar for the next day. So I see, oh, I need to, you know, actually be up early and start work early because I have to um, nip out to go, you know, do this thing at lunchtime or whatever it is. Like today I had to go run some errands. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's like two ways to go about that. The the first is when you do have like a big rock item that you want to do the next day, by all means, you know, add a duration, OmniFocus, drag it onto your calendar and you're good. And, and that creates a link back to OmniFocus, which is really handy. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but like for me, a lot of times, like I have like an hour of days work for Max Barkey and an hours of day work for the legal practice, none of which is a big rock. You know, there's always just a lot of little things to handle. And yeah. I, I do those in the late afternoon. Those are, those are repeating blocks for me, you know, admin or, you know, just miscellaneous work on both areas of my life. And I can just go on OmniFocus and get the, you know, because of my perspectives, those are always showing up. Yes. None of them need to be marked today and put on the calendar, but, and, and you know, that it gets down to where, you know, the hyper scheduling becomes manic. Um, but, but it, you know, I think either way that that can work for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things that I do as well, you know, I have a standard, uh, shopping block for going grocery shopping and things that gets put into my calendar. Um, and it has links to a couple of different perspectives in there because one of the things I need to do before I go grocery shopping is look at the different perspectives and OmniFocus and go, huh, okay, there's a lot of things from this store. You know, I should probably go to that store. Um, you know, there's things for this specific store where I can't get them anywhere else. So I'll, I'll go to that store because there's lots of things that need fetching um so you know I, it's it's one of those things where i try not to be you know super granular about this stuff um and when i'm picking you know those those items out then it is going to be you know big chunks um that i do and i, I also uh, end up having you know a kind of free-for-all block where i i just input a couple of things and it adds 60 minute blocks to my calendar um and then i can you know resize them and adjust as needed yeah, another way I do, and maybe this is why ultimately I'm not going to be a um, user of sorted because I do want to see the week ahead of me, and I will actually put space blocks in there, spacer blocks. Like in the afternoon, I may have a three hours of of nothing in there on Sunday when I schedule it, but I will just assign it a block called legal work, and then as clients ask me to do things or things come up that I need to handle on the legal side, now I've got place a placeholder there that I can put it in. And I don't want to lose it, you know, and that way yeah. when someone says, hey, can you meet Friday afternoon? I'm like, oh, no, I can't because I've reserved three hours there to do legal work. So, you know, that that is, um, I don't know, I, we all kind of have our little hacky ways of doing this. But I, I think there's really something to this block scheduling. And you've made it this far into the show. So maybe you <laughs> do, too. And and there is a lot of ways to automate this stuff, whether you just do copy and paste or or repeating events or go all the way down the rabbit hole and set up your, your shortcuts. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, even if you you decide that, hey, time blocking itself is not for you, there's still a lot that you can gain from this. Um, because, you know, you we all have events that we have to add to our calendar on a semi-regular basis. Um, and we want certain information in them, whether that's, for example, um, you know, going and getting your haircut. You always want the address of the hair salon in there because that way it's going to give you a time to leave notification. Well, you can do that with automation, either copying and pasting a previous event or you can, you know, just have a template um, in, in Fantastical or a shortcut, which just, you know, is called hair appointment. Um, and it just asks you for the date and time when it pops up and then chucks it in there. Um, you know, there's there's solutions to lots of problems with this. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Post a job for free by visiting linkedin.com slash automators. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever because they are focused on managing and growing their businesses, and they can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Having the right person on your team, especially a small team, is essential. You get the wrong chemistry with just one person or somebody who doesn't really understand the job, you can pull the whole team down. That's why it's so important, especially with small businesses, that you get the right person. So get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. Then it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash automators. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash automators. To post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. All right, Rose, related to blocking your time is tracking your time. We did a show on that as well. And there's some updated information here. I don't think we need to do a whole nother show on time tracking, but our favorite tool, Timery, has made several changes. And I thought we should take a minute to talk through those related to time tracking. Yeah. Can I take the big change, David? Please, please, please. Please do. It's on the Mac. It's on the Mac. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So if people people miss this and they were thinking, I'd love to do more time tracking, this Timery app sounds interesting, but there's no Mac app. Oh, there is now. So your your excuse is officially over. And historically, the Toggle Mac app was pretty terrible. I mean, I'd given up on it. The only way I would track time on my Mac would be to go directly to the website and enter it in the Toggle website. But Timery solves that. And and it brings over a lot of the features from the iPad and Mac version. And and I guess I want to kind of like talk through this in phases because he's also made a bunch of improvements to the app that help with automation. Um, but but Timery on the Mac. Okay, so it looks just like kind of the iPad version, but it has yep. been customized for Mac. I believe it is a Catalyst app. Um, and uh, But it, it really feels home on the Mac. And there's a couple things in here. There, there is what I call the Sparky feature. I'm going to take total credit for this because when he was making it, um, you know, a challenge that Rose and I have been struggling with on this show for literally years is a way to automate time track entries when you're working on your Mac. And we were looking at like all sorts of weird Apple scripting and 
like, mm-hmm. um, you know, URL callback nonsense. And we just never could get it to reliably work. At one point, I made this really goofy UI scripting thing for the toggle app, which, you know, worked like 80% of the time, which is not useful at all. But now it's solved because with Timery, and, and this was the feature I'd requested, was just give me a list of saved timers in the menu bar. That's all I want. Yep. And because, you know, you have your saved timers. And then by having a menu item called save timers, combine that with keyboard maestro and mm-hmm. keyboard maestro has a very simple entry of saying, go to this app and click this button from this menu. And that is, it is a UI scripting method. It's not directly to the metal as I was talking earlier, but it is the most stable way to click off a timer. You just say, you know, open timery, go to the save timer menu click on podcast slash automators and yep. that you can absolutely script into anything you do on your Mac. And that's, I think it's better than Apple script because it just, it's so much easier to implement that with keyboard maestro. Yes. Yeah. I previously had something kind of janky running in keyboard maestro using shell scripts to, with curl actions to talk yeah. to the API and anybody who's there going, what's the shell script curl actions APIs? Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm a developer as my day job. I'm good at this stuff. And I was still there going, Eesh. like, you know, there's got to be an easier working, way. Right? It wasn't consistently working for you. So, yeah, I mean, so I, I turned out there was a, a little bit of a bug there, which has been been fixed. But, yeah, you know, I, I just wasn't really happy with doing it like that. Then you had to have your API key somewhere where you could read it on your Mac and and so on. And, you know, I much prefer not having things like that lying around. I mean, at the end of the day, it's time tracking information. And I had a bug this week where I kept accidentally tracking time in drafts because I'd set up a, a dummy automation on iOS today a while ago and it was still running. Um, I'd forgotten to nuke it after the show <laughs> as these things happen. Um, but, um, you know, it's, you know, being able to properly track your time is extremely useful. Um, And one of the things that I have been looking at trying to do is have a notification pop up on my Mac um, when, um, you know, when I'm switching events in my time blocking and say, hey, you're supposed to be doing this now. Do you want to track that time? And then I just want a, a thing where I can click it and track the right time. I haven't quite figured out exactly how to do that now, but I think with shortcuts coming to the Mac data jar and timery, uh, I'm going to be able to do that because uh, I want to switch focus mode too if I can. Yeah. So this is going to make time tracking even easier. So I just talked about my menu bar keyboard maestro script, but in a few months, once we get shortcuts on the Mac, this app is going to be fully integrated with shortcuts. You know it because he's already done it on the iPhone and iPad. You know that's coming. Um, so automating time tracking is only going to get easier on the Mac and you're going to have multiple ways to do it. So I think it's going to be awesome. And it already is actually pretty awesome. So if you're using toggle to track time, I would recommend, you know, giving this thing a shot. Now, every time we have the conversation about this, you know, I want to make sure you also mention there's this great app for the Mac called timing and toggle is great, but again, it requires you to push a button. If you spend a lot of time on your Mac, timing is there and it actually tells you how long you spent in the websites and on Amazon and in Facebook and whatever else you do that distracts you. So I would, I would definitely uh, call that. I I think timing and timery are a great pair together, like chocolate and peanut butter. You should use them both. (laughs) Yes. I like, I like seeing um, timing overlapped with timery 
um, or toggle because then I can see, you know, what was I, what did I think I was doing versus what was I actually doing? Um, and uh, sometimes I surprise myself and loads of things are on track and they're all wonderful. And sometimes I surprise myself and I've got no idea what I was thinking. I was definitely not doing that. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very useful to be able to use both of those. Um, and, uh, I believe timing is part of setup still. Um, yeah. so for people who are, who are interested in that, and it also got an iOS app cause that for a long time was a, a feature where, uh, versus everybody who was using Timery on iOS and going, I'd like it on the Mac. Everybody who was using Time on the Mac was going, I'd like it on iOS. Well, now both of them are on both platforms. So, yeah. you know, everybody gets to use both or just one wherever they, they need to. Well, what I would actually recommend if you want to use Timing Mobile, um, they have a great web interface now where you can save that icon to your home screen. And I think the actual input of your Timing like a project and setting the timer is actually easier just using the web version in my opinion. Yeah. But either way, um, the, and then the other thing about timer is because they made all these improvements on the Mac, it kind of led to some, some interface changes and improvements that went across the platforms. Like one of them is on the iPhone. Now, if you start a new event and you just long press the start time, it automatically enters the start time, the end time of your last event. Right. So let's say right. you're playing with a dog and then you hit the stop timer because you're done playing with the dog and then you go and you start working. You're like, oh, I forgot to set my timer. You don't have to manually go and set the timer to start when you finish playing with your dog. You just long press it and it automatically sets it on the yep. Mac. If you hold down, I believe it's control or option L. I don't have it open right now. It's one of them. It will start a timer. L is the key, but it's I think it's option L. If you hit option L, it will automatically um start the timer at the end of the last ended timer. So that's really kind of convenient. He's also added rounding. So if you want, it'll round up when you finish a task. So if you just want to say, you know, I I really don't need time tracking to the second. I actually don't need it to the minute, probably to the 30, every half hour is all I really need, you know, (laughs) but you know, I I haven't gone that far down the ramp, you know, I haven't gone that crazy, but, but you can have it round to the nearest minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, hour, whatever. And it'll do that for you automatically as well. So if you want your data to be more chunky and not, you know, granular down to the second, you can do that in the app too. There's some really nice quality of life improvements that ended up getting distributed across the board. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think that's one of those things where, you know, you didn't realize you needed this feature until you needed it. And then they, and then it was there. Um, because, you know, people think these things at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that that's all available for everyone now. That that also really helps me, you know, getting back to that Sunday afternoon thing is that's when I look at the the timery and the timing reports from both apps to see how I did in the last week. And yeah. um, one of the things I've done with Toggle is I've added tags for what I call moving the needle. That's the truly important work. And then I also have a tag for maker, manager, and consumer. And I like to see the time report showing like how much time did I spend making? How much time did I spend managing? How much time did I spend moving the needle? And um, that is really great feedback too at the end of the week. Yes. Yeah, that really is useful. Um, and that's something I'm actually putting on my weekly review list now. I mean, I, I look at this stuff historically, but I don't do it as part of my weekly review. And that is something I should be doing as part of my weekly review. You know, I'm looking at my calendar to see what I did and, and so on, but I'm more looking ahead when it comes to planning and I should be looking a bit more back at my actual time tracking. Yeah, I actually just take a screenshot. Um, I don't know if there's a better way to do that, but 
for, for toggle data, I'll take a screenshot. Timing actually has a better reporting mechanism than, than toggle does, but you know, there you go. Yeah. All right, Rose, it was really nice catching up on spending some time together today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've had a, a little bit of a hiatus because uh, we actually talked to Brett Terpster before WWDC because, yeah. well, we, we get ahead of ourselves. We, we like to plan ahead and make sure that we've got everything ready so that our automations, aka our wonderful editor, um, can, can get on with things. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, nice to uh, uh, actually get to talk to each other. And I've stolen many ideas and we have uh, more episodes planned as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and my pal Rose got a new job and we wanted to make sure you had time to like kind of get settled with that. And, um, yes. Yes. So uh, it's all good, but um, this time blocking stuff, I think for me, it's like the perfect nerd combination of productivity tool plus nerd automation. I mean, how does someone like Max Sparky avoid that? Right. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I do think this stuff really works if you're listening and you've got to the end. And I hope you're with us. And if you haven't tried it, try it. I know every time I talk about this, I get emails from people who. Who write me and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how well this is working for me. How come I never tried it before? I, I hear that all the time. Every time this comes up, somebody gives it a try and it, it's life-changing. So make that you this time. Give it a try. Build some fun automations and start blocking your time. Yes, everybody should give it a go. It's a great automation and productivity tip. Before we go, let me tell you about another show on Relay FM Top 4 where hosts Tiff and Marco can make a top four list out of anything, and it will probably make you delightfully furious. Indulge in the randomness and listen for yourself at relay.fm slash top four, or search for top four wherever you can get your podcasts. Past shows include top fours for coffee, card games, TV couples, and even Pop-Tarts. Nothing is off limits for top four. Go check it out. We are The Automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. You can also find the forums at talk.automators.fm. Thank you to our sponsors, HPE Tech Talk and LinkedIn Jobs, and we'll see you next time.